Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on ADC Sports Dallas. I'm excited about tonight's show because instead of maybe talking as much about what is next for the Dallas Cowboys in terms of football, we will save that for tomorrow night and for Wednesday and Thursday. And tonight we will focus on something that has been on the mind of many fans and that is where the Cowboys stand in the NFC sitting. Because right now, the Dallas Cowboys, after the Tampa Bay Bucks lost and the Arizona Cardinals lost, the Cowboys stand at number two in the NFC. But things are not as simple as they look because even if the Cowboys win out, that does not guarantee the Cowboys the number two seed in the NFC. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how they can get to number one and the two teams that should help them out to win this or to secure a top seat in the NFC. Make sure you hit the like button if you are joining us on, on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. So hit the like button, share the stream, and here we go. Let's start the show officially now that more of us are here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire or through what is rest, through what is left, excuse me, for the Dallas Cowboys season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We only have three weeks of regular season football left on the calendar. It is Christmas week, by the way. So we will talk tonight about the Cowboys sitting. And I think it is such an interesting scenario for the Cowboys because, hey, even if they win out, even if they go 3-0, that does not guarantee them the number two seed in the NFC. And I believe that to be so, so interesting. So we'll talk about it definitely and we'll break it down for you guys on tonight's show. What is up, Tommy, over at YouTube? Also, what is up, John Brown at Facebook saying Dallas Cowboys for life. Peter Reese as well in the Facebook audience along with Jessica Villarreal. Thank you all for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. Let's get right into it. Let's dive in. Right now, the Cowboys are number two. Why is that? You might be asking yourself, if the Cowboys are tied with the Tampa Bay Bucks, shouldn't Tampa have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys? Well, that is not the case because there is a triple tie. And remember this for the rest of the show and for the rest of the season. Triple ties right now are so good for Dallas Cowboys. If you hear triple tie, it means good news for the Cowboys. Why? Because if there is any sort of triple tie in which the Cowboys are involved, then the tiebreaker is not head-to-head -head results. The tiebreaker becomes the conference record. And the Dallas Cowboys have only lost one game within the conference. And that happened in week one. Actually, bears the same, the same uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Their, only, their other three losses are against the AFC, all of them. And you guys know the opponents. 
We're talking about the Raiders. We're talking about the Chiefs and the Broncos last to first. So that is why right now the Cowboys are in second place in the conference. Here's where things get interesting, though. That triple tie is going on with the Tampa Bay Bucks and with, with the Arizona Cardinals, which means that the Cowboys, they have a Week 17 matchup versus Arizona. The Cowboys might undo the same triple tie that they need. Now, there are more possibilities. We'll break it on. We'll break it, break them all down here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. But that is such an interesting situation. The Cowboys, by beating the Cardinals, by winning a football game, might drop to number three, even though they are actually winning. So that could be an interesting scenario for the Cowboys. Dallas Junk's a second seed and hungry for more. Three-way tie goes to the best conference record. Exactly what Tommy's getting it right now. Of course, he got it before the show. He's just trying to drive the point home. Here's where the scenarios start getting interesting. Let's say... Because there is no point in talking about a potential number one seed or staying at number two if we assume that the Cowboys are going to lose a game. And I just figured out that I am using the wrong overlay right there. Anyways, uh, let's assume that the Cowboys are going to go 3-0. Let's assume that they're going to beat the remaining two NFC East opponents that they have in the schedule plus the Arizona Cardinals. And let's also assume for a moment that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also go 3-0. This is what it would look like. And this is without changing any of the other teams' records on ESPN Playoff Machine, which is my favorite December video game. If the Cowboys are isolated with Tampa in a two-team tie, then the Cowboys are going to be the lowest, the lower seed team because they have the head-to-head disadvantage versus the Bucs. Knowing all of that, we still could get a lot of help from two teams. And the number one team that could help out the Cowboys are actually the Green Bay Packers. Because if they lose a game, and by the way, the Cowboys Cowboys fans should be looking very closely at the Minnesota Vikings tonight because the Vikings are our friends. They will be our friends two weeks from now when they play the, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers still have three games left. It is against the Browns against the the Vikings, and then they finish their season versus the Detroit Lions. If they lose one of those games, then guess what happens? And the Cowboys, assuming the Cowboys and the Buccaneers win out, then you have another triple tie, and the Cowboys actually jump all the way up to number one. This is, of course, again, assuming that the Cowboys win out, the Buccaneers win out, and then the Green Bay Packers lose one of their three games left. So basically, once again, triple tie means good news for the Dallas Cowboys because Dallas should have the edge in terms of conference record over basically any other team in the conference. That really talks to you about how well the Cowboys have played against the NFC. Three of their losses have been versus the AFC and their one loss in the conference happened all the way back in week one. And then there's one other team. So we know that the Vikings could help the Cowboys out by, the, as, you can, uh, as you can read the title of the video, the Cowboys need help from these two teams to finish with the top two seed. 
In this scenario, it would be the Vikings who help out the Cowboys or the Browns or maybe even the Detroit Lions if we're going to get crazy with our predictions. But if one of those teams bids the Green Bay Packers one time over the next three weeks, then Dallas is truly in the mix for the number one seed. If things go wrong and the Cowboys win out and the Bucs win out and the Packers also win out, there is no triple tie, quote unquote, Maybe the Rams could be the wild card in all of this. The Rams have a tough schedule ahead of them. They still have a game left versus the Ravens, versus the 49ers, versus Seattle tomorrow. So it will not be easy for them to go 4-0. But if the Rams win out, then you have another four-loss team in the NFC, which means, you know it, a triple tie in the NFC. And you know it. Triple ties are good for the Dallas Cowboys because that would be another way of staying at number two. All of this is so interesting to me because it is such an interesting scenario that the Cowboys, even though they own the number two seed right now, they need outside help to stay with it. So that will be difficult for, for the Dallas Cowboys. The Lions can do it, says Stephen White. Stephen White says that the Lions can't beat the Green Bay Packers. Listen, I never thought they were going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And I will open up a small parenthesis here. Make no mistake about it. I watched the full replay today. And the Detroit Lions actually beat the Arizona Cardinals. And what I mean by that is this wasn't one of those weird games in which a wacky special teams error cost the Cardinals the game or anything like that. No, the Lions were clearly the better team on the field, and that was actually uh, so, so weird to see. I I imagined that we were going to see the Cardinals just chip themselves on the foot over and over again, but the truth is that the Lions actually showed some pretty cool stuff, defensively speaking and offensively uh, speaking. Sorry, Squid King says, the Colts beat the Bucs. And we don't have to worry about them with Godwin being out for the year. I am worried about the Tampa Bay Bucks, to be completely fair. Because Chris Godwin, indeed, is, uh, they lost, well, of course, the Tampa Bay Bucks lost to the Saints last night in dramatic fashion because they were absolutely shot out. And Tom Brady and company couldn't find the answer. Something that I really don't understand. I don't understand how, the, how Tom Brady versus the Saints becomes like a Ben Dinichi sort of quarterback. All kidding aside, though, I'm very impressed by that. Anyways, I am concerned about the Tampa Bay Bucks because even without Chris Godwin, they still have some interesting weapons on there. And even if they don't have any success in the playoffs, they still can win out this regular season because they have two more games versus the Carolina Panthers and they have another game versus the New York Jets. Anything can happen in the NFL. It is a any given Sunday kind of league. But I think they will be favored in those three games. Uh, Ryan says, and I appreciate this comment from Ryan. He says, I got to say, Mauricio is on point with his information. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did not know that triple tiebreaker scenario. I learned something new. Go ahead and karate shop that like button for Mo. Thank you to Ryan. I appreciate it a lot. And I uh, really was fun to watch and to dive in and to read about all of this more than read about write the article for ADC Sports Dallas by playing this ESPN playoff machine simulator because it honestly feels like a video game to me to just 
start playing around with all of these scenarios. But thank you for that, and I appreciate it. So my question from me to you guys is, because all of this is to say that it depends at the end of the day on the Cowboys going 3-0. and And I wanted to know, from 1 to 10, what is your confidence level on the Cowboys actually pulling that off? Pulling off the 3-0 and finish to the 2021 season, which has been a rocky one. What is your confidence level that all of this tiebreaker conversation will actually matter because the Cowboys will go 3-0? and From 1 to 10, what is your confidence level on that? And there, it really comes down maybe to one game. No disrespect to Washington, no disrespect to Philadelphia. They're divisional rivals at the end of the day. They will be tough to beat, maybe. But it really seems to come down to the Arizona Cardinals matchup. And the look-ahead lines, by the way, have the Cowboys as 2.5 favorites versus the Cardinals in Week 17. That is only a projected line because there is still a lot of time left for that one game. But the Cardinals, our perception on the Cardinals might uh, change a little bit after what we have seen from them over the past two weeks. Because they lost to the Rams, lost to the Lions, and out of nowhere, they went from being the number one seed of the conference all the way down to number four. Out of nowhere, J.J. Watts, maybe we're just better quotes, kind of lost a little bit of value there, even though they're still a very respectable opponent and a great Defense. I really love what the Cardinals have done with their defense, and maybe it doesn't get the hype that it should because of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. So Tommy says, from 1 to 10, the confidence level on the Cowboys going 3-0. and Tommy goes with a solid 10. Squid King also goes with a 10. Modelo Time will say 7. Steven White with another optimistic 10. Jessica goes with a 6, which is the lowest answer yet. 9, 8.5. Tenses Randall, El Pipi de Pau goes with seven. T. Sila goes with ten. Uh, seven because of Arizona. I will say eight. My answer will be eight because I need to respect the Cardinals. I really don't think that the Cowboys are going to lose to the Washington football team or the Eagles. I understand. Once again, it is an any given Sunday kind of league, but I see the Cowboys as heavy favorites before. Uh, against those two teams. So I will go with eight as my final answer. However, that Cardinals game still scares me a little bit. Stephen White does it, uh, makes a great point. He says, COVID changes everything week to week. Who knows who will play any given game? And it's uh, in relation to that, the Cowboys next week are going to be playing Washington in a short week. So you might say, hey, Washington might give you a scare because they're a divisional opponent and you never know with those guys, but they're going to be playing in a, in a short week, by the way. Rudy goes with a 10. A lot of people with, with, with high answers here in the chat for that question. And then I will hit you up with, a, with another question regarding the Cowboys and the NFC seating. Remember, and I will see you and I will show you once again the current situation in the NFC. The Cowboys are at number two. If the playoffs were today, they would be facing the New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill and company. And listen, this, is, this Saints team actually has stopped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys offense didn't look great against them. And do you remember that Packers game at the beginning of the year? 
So this Saints defense can be a little bit tougher than we might expect them to. And my question actually is in relation to that. These are not the only mathematical candidates, but I believe that these are the most likely ones. If you're the number two team in the NFC, and I will show you once again the, 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 the image, excuse me. If you're the number two team in the NFC, who would you rather face or, or not? That is not the question. Excuse me. What's the most dangerous wildcard team that the Cowboys could face if they finish at number two? Who to you represents the biggest threat? Is it the Vikings? Is it the Washington football team? Or is it the New Orleans Saints? Which of these three teams would you not like to face? And again, I know there's another mathematical potential uh, possibilities like for example the you have the falcons i think they're not eliminated yet but the falcons i don't believe they're making the playoffs we might look back at this video in january and think ah that was a dumb thing to say but i truly don't see the falcons making it i think that the most dangerous team to face if the cowboys end up at number two i will have to say i, I am between the saints and i am between the vikings i i will rule out washington For this one, I don't think we're scared about Washington specifically because of the quarterback situation. The Saints have been able to put the brakes on a lot of high-powered offenses this season. So I believe that it comes down, and I see a lot of mixed answers here. It comes down to what would you rather face? An offense that in its best day is a high-powered threat. When they're clicking, and I know that doesn't happen often with the Vikings, they're very inconsistent. But with when they're on point, this is this can be a dangerous offense. Or the Saints that can put the brakes on anybody, basically, in the NFL, but that they play with a Taysom Hill, with a quarterback named Taysom Hill, who is sometimes he doesn't really look like a quarterback. In my opinion, he's still really not the guy for, for Sean Payton and company even though Sean Payton keeps betting on him. What is up, Stevie Mac? Also, thank you for joining the show. Malcolm goes with Saints. Randall will go also with the Saints. Dario says Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I do believe the Saints Richard over at Facebook. I also, my final answer will be the Minnesota Vikings. I will change it to the Vikings. And I've said this uh, in, in other shows. If the Cowboys offense is clicking and I... Hope that they are by the playoffs. I'm really not that scared about defenses. I'm more scared about offenses that can keep up with the with um, with the Cowboys. And I don't think that Taysom Hill is able to do that. Did you just see the interception that Cousins just threw out of my uh, out of the corner of my eye? I'm not putting it a lot of attention, but the, I have the game right here. And man, this Vikings team. Better be ready when they face the Green Bay Packers. We all want them to be ready. Lunatic says it would be at home. And have you seen the difference in scoring at home versus away game? So it doesn't matter, as Rock said, says Lunatic. Ryan says, yeah, the Saints, we can beat the Vikings with Cooper Rush at the helm. We already have, says Ryan. And that's the weird thing about the uh, about Minnesota. It, they are so inconsistent. They have the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And we have seen them beat some... Big team, team, big name teams, excuse me, in the NFL this year. But we have also seen them lose to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. The most dangerous team, says Paul Garcia, the, uh, 
the Cowboys face are the Cowboys. We don't know what the offense is going to show up. Plus, Brown needs to step up. That is something that I also agree with. I am more concerned about the Cowboys showing us the same mistakes that they have so far, including miscommunication from the wide receivers and the quarterback, including drops, including throws, drive-killing penalties. I'm more concerned about all of that than any defense that you, that you can put in front of these guys. So I, I think that is something we can all agree with. Teddy says, I think that the Saints, I think we can beat any team. That is something that I also believe, by the way. I think that the Cowboys, as much as they have struggled, and we touched on not panicking yet last night, I, I feel like this team can still beat the Packers. They can beat the Bucs. They can beat anybody, in my opinion. We, just, we need the offense to click, though. Anyways, talking about the Cowboys finishing at number two, that is the scenario that we want. There are two routes that it could happen. And one would be the Tampa Bay Bucks. There are more routes than this, but speaking of the more likely ones and forgetting about the number one seat for a while, what do you think is more likely to help out the Cowboys? Like which of these scenarios do you think is more plausible for the Cowboys to see? One Tampa Bay loss, which would mean the Cowboys secure basically the second seat if they win out, if the Tampa Bay Bucks become a five loss team. Or do you think it is more likely that the Rams win four straight? And I will tell you the Rams schedule because it is not that easy. They start tomorrow by facing the Seattle Seahawks. They are favored by seven points. They, then they will travel to Minnesota and face the Vikings. And then they will close out facing the Ravens on the road. And they close out the season with a regular season matchup versus the 49ers at home. Which do you think is more likely? One Tampa Bay box loss versus the Car versus the Panthers two times or the Jets one time or four Rams wins. And remember, the Rams winning out helps us because that would force another triple tie in the NFC. And that means that the Cowboys would have the edge because of conference record if they win out. And in, in case... And in case, because sometimes it happens to me when you're listening to things and you're not really seeing them, maybe it can get a little bit confusing. If that is the case for you and you prefer to read about these tie-breaking scenarios, you can check out my article from today on adcsports.com slash Dallas. I feel like it, 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 is a, it is very clear if you want to go and read those scenarios, adcsports.com slash Dallas. Make sure you check it out after the show. Stafford is a good one, says Daddy. That is something that I agree with. What is up, Clayton? Thank you for joining the show. Russell says a Tampa Bay box loss is more likely. Jessica as well. Uh, the box losing another, says yeah, Richard. Easy. I, I don't know. <laughs> I will also go with the Tampa Bay loss. I don't think that it is likely, though, the, the, the box loss. I just think that I cannot bet on the Rams going 4-0. But if this team, if the Rams are the team that we thought they were in September and October, they might pull it off. They, they actually might. Because when they're clicking with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, we have seen some interesting things from their offense. It was just that one slump. And to me, the question is, was it a slump similar to the Dallas Cowboys storyline, actually, if you think about it? Or is that the reality for Sean McVay's offense? 
Tampa Bay's Tommy is hurting right now on offense, so it wouldn't surprise me if they lose the game this year. A lot of their weapons are injured. Good point from Tommy, including Chris Godwin, who suffered a season-ending injury last night. And that sucked, by the way. Brad says, best for Dallas to stay at the two-seed when you look at how the rounds could play out. Do you mean, Brad, like instead of the number one seed? Because I, I, I really would much rather have the number one seed, to be honest, than just avoid playing in the wildcard round. But it, he, he, Brad might have a, a, a good point if you start looking at potential divisional round matchups, which I really haven't done a lot. Uh, Fournette, Evans, and Godwin were hurt last night, says Tommy. And the one that is confirmed a season-ending injury is, uh, of course, none other than Chris Godwin. Three or four-way tie for first goes our way, says Burl Killer. Exactly. The Packers lose one. If the Packers lose one and the Cowboys win out and the Bucks win out, the Cowboys are on their way to the number one seed in the NFC. Johanan says, how old is this guy? Six. Close. It, it was close, though. It was close, the, the, the age uh, guessing over there on Facebook. As always, you guys know that I love answering this question. 22 years old. Thank you for asking. How many? And of course, make sure you hit the like button and share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. How many sacks did Jevon Kears have in week 15 in his rookie year? Says El Pipiri Pau. Ha, that is, I'm not going to know that one, but I, I don't know why now, now I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know what, what, why uh, El Pipiri Pau just, went all inception with, with my mind and try to plant that question there. Uh, let's see here. Javon Kears Pro Football Reference. Now I'm, now I'm, uh, I'm definitely curious about it. 1999, it happened in 1999. Week 15, you will see none other than one sack. One sack. Are you guys predicting Michael Parsons' sacks based on Javon Kears' numbers? And Javon Kirsch, for those of you who don't know, is a rookie with the most sacks as a, uh, as a rookie. 14 and a half, 1999. Brian Doyle says, not a show goes by that Mo has to answer an age question. Hey, I love doing the, I, I love doing it though, because I, sometimes it's legit curiosity and sometimes it is a little bit of hate and I'm here for it. I love it, <laughs> to be honest. Anyways, before I leave you guys tonight, let's get to overreaction Monday. Only two statements. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm actually lying to you guys. Three statements for tonight's overreaction Monday. I struggled a little bit to find them because there were a lot of boring games on Sunday, especially on, uh, at noon. Other than the Cowboys, there was not a lot of action on the NFL world, to be honest. So I got three questions for you guys for three statements and you know the rules you will tell me in the chat overreaction or fair reaction so here we go starting off by the first one and this is in relation to all of what we have been talking about after two losses two consecutive losses did the cardinals the cardinals show their true colors versus the lions is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction what do you guys think And by the way, Randall says, number one seed would be great. I would like it for the Cowboys to have home field advantage. And the bye week is also huge. But anyways, the Cardinals show their true colors versus the Lions. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? 
Squid says fair reaction. Uh, Peter Riso goes with over. Bruce Lewis will say fair. Jessica, Stephen White, Russell all go with over. Rudy Garza goes with fair. Randall goes with over. There is a lot more, you know, uh, differences in the comments that I thought there were going to be. I thought everyone was going to be leaning towards overreaction. They're going through slump like we did, says Lincoln Van. I kind of agree with that. I, I definitely do. I will say overreaction. My answer is overreaction. And I believe that because we truly saw a, a Lions team that was ready. From a coaching perspective, they were ready to catch the Cardinals off guard. Someone was breaking down. I don't remember where I read this. Um, I think it was in The Athletic. But someone was breaking down what the Lions were doing with their linebackers, trying to confuse Kyler Murray. A lot of good job, a lot of solid football, well coached. This Detroit Lions team is actually pretty well coached. So I will say overreaction, a trap game like Brady saying. Uh, they were looking at the Colts next week and then the Cowboys after that. I believe that the Cardinals are still a very solid team and one of the favorites within the NFC. No excuses, as Tommy says. They lost to the Lions, but I will say fair reaction. Dallas Junk brings up an interesting comment, though, saying they're not the same without DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins, by the way, according to a, a, an Adam Schefter report, will not be back until maybe mid-playoffs. So Adam Schefter was maybe raising some concerns there regarding Hopkins' status. And as Dario says, any given Sunday, Marshall also goes with overreaction and Roy does as well. So yeah, looking like DeAndre Hopkins will have a tough time coming back unless the Cardinals make a deep run in the playoffs. Anyways, there was another NFC team that had a disappointing outing, and it was the Tampa Bay Bucks. They actually were shut out. And the question is, or the statement is, the Tampa Bay Bucks shutout will cost Tom Brady the MVP. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? This one is a little bit more difficult to me because I look around the league and I don't know who are the other candidates. And I think that we can, you know, just boil it down to two other guys other than Tom Brady. And that is Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers. And the other one is the guy that had a tremendous outing on Saturday night. Capped it off with a great touchdown run for the Colts, Jonathan Taylor. So the question is, did that shut out? Because it is not only a loss. It is the fact that the Saints absolutely dominated Tom Brady and company. And the fact that Brady played quite poorly. Is that a fair reaction or an overreaction? I will say over. I will give you my answer first this time. I will say overreaction because I think that the other candidates have not done enough in order for Tom Brady to lose this one. I think that if the Bucs lose another one, especially if it is a poor offensive showing, I think that that ends up costing Tom Brady his MVP award. But it's been a weird season for awards. In the NFL and in the and even in college football, we weren't convinced about who won the Heisman Trophy. I was, but I know that there was a lot of controversy going around the, the college football world. And it's a similar vibe now in the NFL. Like, we know that Tom Brady is a favorite for the MVP, but would he win the MVP in 
other seasons which have been more competitive? That might be the question. Russell goes with Fair. Peter goes with Fair. Beryl Killer says Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Lunatic says over. Uh, Dallas Young says overreaction. Paul says over. Uh, who, who else? Let's see here. Who have we not mentioned? Uh, Squid King says even though it's hard, it is fair. Dallas Young says the Saints have the secret formula on the box. And I really don't understand what is the secret formula. Like you watch these games and you see four-man rushing uh, schemes. You don't see any simulated pressures. You don't see anything fancy. Yet Tom Brady has struggled versus the Saints. The five times that he has faced them as a Tampa Bay box, he has struggled. All caps, he has struggled. Because he, he has gone 0-4 versus them in the regular season. He gets pressured at a way higher rate than average. And he his offense has not been productive versus the Saints. Not even in the playoffs when they beat them last year. It was more of a defensive effort than it was Tom Brady's. And I'm not hating Tom Brady. It's just what happened right, right in the playoffs. And I don't understand what, what goes on with him versus the Saints. Randall says, I'm just surprised that Dak is not being mentioned. You guys know that I'm so, I am super high on Dak Prescott. I think that he's a great quarterback, and I think that he will figure out whatever is going on with the offense right now. But I think it is fair that he's no longer in the conversation because the games that the Cowboys have lost, most of them, you know, excluding week one, excluding week one versus the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, like the Broncos game and the Chiefs game more than more than anything, those two losses were like hard, 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 hard for Dak. And then you add to that that he missed one game. I think that that is why he isn't in the conversation for the MVP this year. Maybe if you compare, he, he as Lincoln is saying, like he fell off compared to Rodgers and Brady, if you compare how he has been dropped from, from the MVP odds, it might be a little bit exaggerated, but I don't see him in the conversation either for this year's MVP. And, and the fact that the Cowboys offense has dropped so low in the rankings, like for example, let's open up here. I have, I have not seen these numbers recently as in today, but I'm going to open up Football Outsiders F efficiency metric, which is DVOA. And even with the losses, Green Bay has three of them and the Buccaneers have four of them. Even with the losses, the Tampa Bay Bucks are ranked number one in, in offensive DVOA and the Green Bay Packers at number two. The Dallas Cowboys are all the way down to number eight. And I, I, I realize that it is a good ranking, but it still tells you a little bit of, you know, the Cowboys have not been as efficient as of late. Actually, if you take a look at weighted DVOA, which tries to measure like recent, puts, it puts more weight on recent weeks. The Bucs are number one, the Packers at number two, and the Cowboys are number 13 in the NFL. So maybe that is why Prescott also has disappeared from the MVP conversation. One more before I leave you tonight. The Tennessee Titans are not for real. That was a tough loss versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Tennessee Titans are not for real. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Of course, you have to take into account the fact that Eula Jones has been injured, A.J. Brown has been injured, and of course, Derrick Henry will not return until the playoffs. 
Is it a fair reaction or is it an overreaction? I will say fair. I will say that the Titans right now are not for real in the AFC. And I would take most of the teams that are in the playoff picture right now in that conference. I would take maybe all of them, but one over the Tennessee Titans. And that but one, the one that I think about is maybe the, whoever wins the AFC North, because that is a division that is struggling right now. Even if it's the Bengals, I'm not entirely sure that I would pick them over the, the Tennessee Titans. But right now, I would take the Colts over the Titans. I will take the Patriots over them, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Bills, basically all of them. And they have been so insistent insistent on still running the football as if Derrick Henry was there. As Roy is saying, Henry was a big part of the offense, and they have fell off. Richard says, fair, but they will play spoiler for sure. Possible. Clayton says, overreaction. Uh, Paul also goes with overreaction here. They are for real, says Barrel Killer. Ask any team who plays them. Uncle Charles says, great show. Thank you, Uncle Charles. Appreciate you being here with us in the show. Uh, Peter Riso goes with fair as well. Let's see. Ryan says, that's fair. Tannehill has regressed, and so has the rest of the offense. They have allowed, they have scored under 19 points per game in their last seven games. I'm concerned about the Titans. The Ravens lost a heartbreaker yesterday, says Dario. And when Dario says heartbreaker, he means from a Cowboys point of view, <laughs> because had the Green Bay Packers lost last, uh, last night, the Cowboys would right now be number one in the NFC. How crazy is that? Had the Packers lost, had they allowed that final two-point conversion, the, the, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cardinals all would have lost while the Cowboys would have jumped all of them to number one in the NFC. But they didn't. Tyler Hundley missed the two-point conversion. I agree with the decision once again. I don't love the play call, though. I don't like... I, I, I'm, I'm sort of a Tyler Hundley fan. Not really. I just bet Utah, the Judah Utes, when he was playing quarterback for them a lot of weeks in, in his college football career... But I don't think that that is a play call that you want to make for him in that spot. Might be just me, right? Anyways, Dallas Young says, do you, all, do you all think that Trevon Diggs will break Everson Wall's single season record at 11? Hopefully he does. This is the first time that a Cowboys player has double-digit interceptions since 1981 when Everson Walls actually did that. I will say he does. I will predict him to do so. Three games left. At least he can tie it. At least he can get to 11 as well. Uh, Farrah Tannehill, not that good anyway. That team belongs to Henry. Barrel Killer says, have you heard of two-team teasers, kid? I'm 8-1 with them. Oh, Barrel, that is actually pretty awesome. What kind of teasers? Four-point teasers? Six-point teasers? I don't think, I don't think you're talking about six-point teasers. I don't like teasers a lot, to be honest. I My betting strategy is centered around di direct plays, minus 110 most of the time, and I will throw the crazy parlay that I know I'm going to lose, but I bet it anyways every weekend. I, I do that. But I, I, I like teasers. I just don't bet them as much. Six-point, either way, says Barrel Killer. Six-point teasers are the best way to go, though. 
I, if I bet if I bet a teaser, I do from time to time. Usually, it is a three-team six-point teaser parlay. We have a better here. You guys have a better here on on ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time. I love betting. <laughs> uh, we are, by the way, we are now eight and six in the betting the Cowboys segment. So we are back in the profitable territory that we all love and like. <laughs> Anyways, guys. 3-0 on the road in December. This is very, that is right. The Cowboys are 10-4. and It is Christmas week. The Cowboys are playing Washington football team on Sunday night. Next Sunday, we're excited about all of that. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining the show. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. If you want to read the scenarios for the NFC sitting, you want to read them instead of just listening to it or you want to make sure about what you need to root for. If you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, check it out on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Also check out Alec Cash's uh, three plays that decided the Dallas Cowboys big win over the Giants. Judging by the featured image, the Travon Diggs interception is one of them. Make sure to check out which are the other two. Hit the like button. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about adcsports.com slash Dallas. Richard is asking, did you pass your finals? I did with flying colors. One more semester to go, and then we will be done with college and hopefully covering the Cowboys. Uh, we're covering them full-time, but a little bit even more full-time, right? That's, that's the plan. That's a long-term, mid-term goal. Let's call it mid, actually short-term goal. Anyways, thank you, Lincoln, Peter, Burl Killer, Jonel, every one of you guys who support ADC Sports and the shows that we do. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central here in ADC Sports Dallas. I appreciate you guys. Have a great Tuesday night. Monday night. What am I thinking about? Monday night. Have a great Monday night. Thank you, guys.